This episode is brought to you ad-free. Thanks to all of our wonderful patrons. You can get tons of exclusive content and help us keep the show going by joining at patreon.com slash shonenflop. And welcome to Shonen Flop Chibi, first impressions mini-episode where we talk about the first chapter of the series that we'll be covering in-depth next week with our guest, Maddie, a.k.a. Oh, that's Raspberry. I'm Jordan, and with me as usual is my lovely co-host, David. Say hi, David. Hi, David. You know, David, every single time you try and do some kind of variation on your voice, it's always the same one. I know it is. Listen, I'm not good. Maybe, <laughs> how about Dylan? You should add like a robot filter to that. Hi, David. Are you? Hi, David. Hi, David. Hi, David. Because I'm old. Oh, hi, David. Oh, I bought a house for $84. <laughs> Fucking boomers, man. Yeah, speaking of which, what series are we covering this week? <laughs> We're covering Cyborg Grandpa G. Oh, and I still yeah. feel like there and should I be will... like a guitar riff every time we say that series name. Cyborg Grandpa G! <laughs> Only one of us played the guitar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Jordan, you mind telling the audience a little bit about the series? So this is by Takeshi Obata, David. Yeah, well known for being the artist of School Judgment. Yeah, yeah, as well as, you know, Death Note. Yeah, minor, minor series. Minor series. But, yeah, unfortunately, our main interaction with him on this podcast has been fucking school judgment. But regardless of that, this ran between May 2nd, 1989 to November 28th, 1989. This is an old series. This is one of the oldest ones we've this covered. This is like the third oldest series. I know up there is Bao and obviously Cool Shock BT. I'm thinking, what else have we covered that was this old? I mean, the thing about Bao and Cool Shock BT is that it's almost not really fair to compare them because, you know, they were translated off of the success of, of JoJo. Although I think Bao actually might have already been translated. It's weird. Yeah, Bao was actually released as a comic book. Which is crazy. But yeah, aside from Araki's stuff, this is probably the oldest thing we've covered. Mm -hmm. And it lasted for 31 chapters in four volumes, although it was apparently reprinted as two volumes. Wow, what a concept. I could use a little fuel myself. You could all use a little change. Rest in peace. R.I.P. But yeah, why don't we get into the fucking plot summary for this first chapter to explain exactly what the fuck this is about. Do it. All right. Kaizos were just a normal family until one day, Grandpa Kaizo turned himself into a cyborg, you know, just like, that happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. He is now the farming cyborg. Cyborg Grandpa G! <laughs> he now has 200 horsepower, super strength, and powerful weapons to defeat his enemies, the crows. He had already put automatic weapons in the fields to kill crows, but that wasn't enough. I love the little offers note at the end about how he had to revise due to structural issues with the first crow killing machine gun. So we actually are seeing the Mark II. Like he literally already put up machine guns all over his field that are, are just completely motion detecting. Mm -hmm. The dad of the Kaizos mentions that like he's afraid to step into like the field where he might get shot. Anyway, Cyborg Grandpa, he's charging around at Mach 2 just testing his old body. And he, he quote unquote saves an old lady from getting hit by a much slower bus. And so he gives her cybernetic enhancements that increase her speed so she won't be in that position anymore. Turning her into Wind Speed Granny. 
<laughs> the mayor then appears, of course, asking Grandpa to repair his tractor. So Grandpa gives him his masterpiece, a super battle tractor with missiles, which can transform into a fucking mech. Unfortunately, the mayor tricked him because he actually just wanted a superpower mech to control the whole town. He's a corrupt mayor, David. He then turns his weapons on Cyborg Grandpa. They fight. Popcorn David. After exchanging a few blows, Grandpa manages to toss the mayor into his field where the weapons immediately fire. However, they've activated the tractor's special emergency mode, turning it into a super-powered <sighs> armor for the mayor. Grandpa tries summoning his own armor parts, but they're intercepted by Windspeed Granny, who takes her new suit of armor and flies away. It's so good. Oh my god. She gets covered in like in the armor and then she's like, this form suits me. <laughs> Imagine if they do cover stories and it's just about her adventures. <laughs> oh, you can tell how much Jordan loves the series. Grandpa's robot joints have suffered damage just like his rheumatism has affected his human body and the mayor is able to punch him far away. Thankfully, he lands in a hot spring, which heals his achy joints. Meanwhile, the mayor is taking over the farmland, stomping on a poor family's single vegetable, which is going to feed their sick mother and the rest of his family as well. That was good. <laughs> This angers Grandpa, whose memory alloy body transforms into super mode. Grandpa then detaches all his body parts and flies in through the mayor's robot body, destroying it, and Grandpa tosses him into his field, where he shot a bunch of times. Grandpa then gives his- I think the mayor died. I feel like that had to kill the mayor. It might be cartoon logic where you're getting a shot, or One Piece logic where getting a shot a bunch of times doesn't actually kill you. Yeah. Grandpa then gives his field to the poor kids before taking his family to Tokyo, where he can use his cyber gardening techniques to succeed. Unfortunately, the kids can't enter the new field without getting shot. Oh, well, you know, you got to pull yourself ah, up by those bootstraps. Oh, well, kids. I was getting shot at both <laughs> ways when I was walking uphill both ways to go to school. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, Jordan, uh, I mean, Jordan, obviously you like this series, but what else were your first impressions? Damn good art. Yeah. You know, it's like what really, really good 80s style art looks like. Yeah, nah, it kicks ass. I mean, everything's very, you know, well proportioned. Everything like conveys motion very well. The shading looks really good. It's just a really well drawn comic. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because it's literally drawn by one of the greatest manga artists that's actually still working. Just blows your mind, actually. He's kind of been working. He has like a 40 year career now. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, when I found when I heard that it was Obata, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That also, Takekiri Yusei was the other older series I was thinking of that we've also covered. Right. Okay. I think this series is still older than it, though. I think that was like the early 90s. It's only six years older, though. Yeah. Also, like, I love the jokes about like old Japanese men that like, you know, I only catch from anime where it's like he's got rheumatism, but he lands in a hot spring. And by dropping special tablets into the hot spring, they can fix his joints. I love the joke where they're like, you can't see his penis. Which one? There was like a there's like a note saying even if you look down, you still won't see it. Oh, is that what that was? I was very confused by what that because you can see some old granny tits. Yeah, yeah, they are there behind him. They exist. <laughs> yeah, I just love how this series knows exactly how stupid it is. Yeah. It's winking at the camera every single moment, and that's the only way you could have made this series work. I really like how it just kind of moves very quickly, just like Grandpa. First, it's like, oh, man, wow, Grandpa, you have a cyborg body. And then he does the thing with wind speed, Granny, which I love where it's specified like, oh, man, that bus is only moving like, I don't know, like 40 miles an hour. Of course, they use kilometers. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I saved her by pushing her out of the way with my mock speed running. Thank God. <laughs> and he just, you know, modifies her and stuff. And then the mayor shows up. He's like, hey, you fix my tractor and it's like <laughs> you fool i've been planning this from the beginning all according to keikaku keikaku means cake in japanese 
Ah, I see. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think it's just so stupid in the plot. It's like one of the series where it already gets a pass if any of the plot doesn't really make any sense. Honestly, I knew the second I saw the title, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And then it was. Is there anything negative you would say about this, though? Yeah, I think the joke's going to get old. I, I think that's true. I also think the humor is a little weird. The pacing is a little frantic. Like, it, didn't, it doesn't really let things breathe as much as I would like. Yeah. But otherwise, it's, like, fairly minor. Like, obviously, I think, Jordan, it's just, it's, we're going to read more of this. This is badass. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm excited for the bad Mega Man art that we're going to use. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I see you have any other thoughts? It's just rad. <laughs> I like the little joke, too, where, like, the guy's like, oh, man, I'm so glad I finally made it to the convenience store. And then Grandpa just flies through destroying the convenience store. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, not the most original joke, but hey, it works. Works pretty well. They do love their convenience stores in Japan. I love my convenience stores here. Oh, so Jordan, though, what do you think is going to happen next? Well, I think that Grandpa's agricultural ways will clash with the city folk. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to run into some gang members. And I believe that Windspeed Granny will return with her new mech body. Oh, you did. <laughs> it just makes you think of Turbo Granny from Don to Don, which I didn't know actually is like a very <laughs> established yokai because someone was like, is this a Don to Don reference when they saw Turbo Granny? And no, it's just like a thing like Turbo Granny has shown up in like Shimagami Tensei. Really? I'm going to have to look that up. That's 100% just an already existing yokai. That's called Turbo Granny. Oh, fuck yeah. Isn't that awesome? Oh, but back to this. So my guesses are, I think that his wife that has gone missing, obviously is not dead, is going to, she's at least going to show up again and she may be like the big bad of the series. I think there's going to be a ton of back pain jokes where he's like, oh, I can use my super move, but then it kills my back. That's like his limiter is like his back gives out after he does his super attack. (laughs) I'm going to guess the series is not going to evolve into a shonen fighting manga. I think it's going to stay true to its comedy roots and it won't just be a bunch of stupid fight scenes. Yeah, I don't think it's going to turn into like an established power system, which is good. You don't need one here. That's there shouldn't be. Yeah. Oh, man. What if there's a tournament arc? I still love how Service Wars has a tournament arc right now, which is just about people's superpowers being customer support. Service Wars? It's by the guy who made Matama Security, and now it's about people using their super service abilities. Oh, fuck. That sounds awesome. It's really stupid, but I love it. Hell yeah. So it's just ridiculous. So now there's a tournament arc about that. (laughs) All right, but we're getting off topic. So Jordan, what? what, I I think we had pretty good overlapping power words. What's yours? Technological. Rhombus. Yes, because I've been watching Adventure Time. Yeah, that's why I knew you said it like that. Yeah. Also, like, you know, it's 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 the interesting clash between the technology of agriculture and the technology of, you know, technology. Technology versus technology. Move over, man versus society. That's the new hot literature. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is metal because this series is metal as fuck. Just like the name of a cyborg grandpa G is metal and it's literally about a metal grandpa. Also, the name is also like a really good pun where in Japanese, because Grandpa's G-chan, so it's Cyborg G-chan G. G-G-G, baby, baby. G-G-G, it's pretty fucking kick-ass. <laughs> oh, God. All right, but Jordan, as much as I'd love to t- keep talking about our favorite Grandpa, we need to move on to the Q&A. So I want to say thank you, everyone, who submits their questions in the Shonen Flop Discord. As a reminder, you can find a link to it in our show notes or on our site, Shonen Flop. And we get priority to those who haven't asked a question before, had a question answered in a long time, or patrons. Starting off, we have Darth Pikachu asks, what are some ways you can tell if a series will be a flop or not? And I feel Jordan is about to crack his fingers and say, oh, boy, let me get you started on this topic. I'm assuming you mean like from the first chapter and a lot of well, them. Jordan, what made you like, instantly figure out that Ichigo Under Control was going to be a piece of shit? 
Well, the art certainly did not help. If a series kind of just seems like, like, I don't know, there really isn't anything under the hood. The world building isn't very interesting. It fails to really establish some kind of conflict in the first chapter. It fails to really give you a sense of who the characters are from the first chapter. You know, these are all kind of signs that, wow, this series might be a fucking mess what do you think i mean i think a big thing is also as you can tell how quickly is it throwing out concepts early into the series or how dislodge a chapter feel like look at gink and luna how fast it was throwing out concepts that weren't working and it, you could just tell the offer really didn't know what he wanted to do with the series yeah gink and luna was a situ- was also a situation where it was just like the first chapter ended and restarted like three times where it's like you just ran through like 10 arcs in five seconds dude Yep, so that's a great question. Next up from Redblade. In response to re- reading the misspelling she's shown in Flop Boys, I have two questions. What would you name your gender bent clones of yourself? And if you made a new podcast called Shoujo Flop, what would be your first episode? So, Jordan, what is your gender bent clone? Except your name is also already a girl's name, so I guess you have it easy. Well, it would be Jordan with a Y. Yeah. Yeah. And then mine would probably be like Danielle or something. <laughs> Davida. 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 God. Sorry, I wish our answer could have been more interesting. And then Jordan, is there any, what do you think our first episode would be? I bet there's like a shitty like Sailor Moon spinoff that f- completely was a garbage fire. So that's my guess. Yeah, I mean, my gut would say like Sailor V, but I think Sailor V was actually like pretty good when I read it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the problem is that since we don't we don't really know that much that many like shojo yeah. things, unfortunately, it is unfortunately a blind spot that we have. So sadly, I don't know what to really uh, point here. I will say we actually have covered a shojo for a different podcast when we talked about Yona of the Dawn. Right. So I think it was called just the Yona podcast. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was interesting to read a shoujo manga for once, you know? Yeah. And get a sense for like what the differences are. Main difference seems to be just kind of more of a more of an emphasis on um, on romance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up from Diego. What is the flop series you think would have made a decent or so bad it's good live action adaption? Ooh, Um. let's see. Hmm. I th- I mean, Time Paradox Ghost Rider definitely could have been done in live action. That'd be pretty good, actually, yeah. What would make us so bad it's good? I could see Candy Flurry have being like a really stupidly campy series. My immediate gut reaction from reading that was Zip Man, honestly. So bad it's good. Yeah, that would be yeah. interesting. That'd be interesting. I don't know. Oh, wait, wait, I got it. Double Tie say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, oh, fuck. They should, that would be great for live action. Nano Hazard might have been pretty cool, you know? That ending is where all the budget went for everyone exploding. Oh, fuck yeah, I would love to see that ending. That actually could have been a fun Monster of the Week series where they have to deal with a different Nano. I'm just imagining Nano Hazard is like a, a USA Blue Sky show. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I saw somebody mention fucking Burn Notice. I, I saw an article where it was like, Burn Notice was the best example of the Blue Sky shows. I'm like, damn, that must mean the Blue Sky shows suck. Psych was the best Blue Sky show. That's fair, yeah. I also want to keep the take that I think the anime series The Great Pretender is an honorary USA Blue Sky show. (laughs) Have you seen that? No. It's weird where it's like, it's all about these like plans and schemes and they're bad guys, but no one is ever really in danger at any point in the series when you actually like think about it. (laughs) We're like, yeah, they're conning people, but like nothing like actually overly violent happens in this series. And I definitely think it could have been a framework for a USA Blue Sky show. 
I guess that really is like a hallmark of, of the blue sky. You know, in Royal Pains, only one patient dies in that entire show. I don't even know what Royal Pains is. It's the blue sky show about doctors. Oh. And it's literally the pilot is like the only time someone dies in that entire medical series of like 50 episodes. <laughs> also, you know what? Manga could have been turned into a so bad it's good movie. Super smartphone. Cut. I also think Fabricant 100, actually, if they also did Monster of the Week, that could have been a good format, too, for a TV show. Oh, yeah. I like the idea that of like the the weird, gross, like practical effects you could get with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That was a really fun question, but we need to move on. So let's get into yeah. Doogie 4 asks, would you ever look at collections of one shots? For example, Kira Toriyama's manga theater. And actually, that's one of the things that we're kind of playing around with for doing Patreon is doing like a collection of pilots of series you covered. So look at the original versions of things like Zipman, Hungry Joker, and just kind of reviewing them and see, did we prefer the pilot? or the original like for instance i think the golem hearts pile is generally considered a lot better than the series that came out of it so that's something we were planning on doing and maybe doing a poll of giving people five series that we know that there's english translations of the pilot and then picking three so stay tuned where we think that would be a really fun idea to do in the near future I kind of feel like level E was almost just a collection of one shots. <laughs> kind of was. And then our final question is from Spub US. In your opinion, what mangaka has the biggest quality difference between one of their successful series and one of their flop series? I have um, to say right now I am reading Dragon and Chameleon and I cannot believe it's by the same person who created Amalgam of Distortion. Like this series is art is absolutely really? fantastic and I am really excited to keep reading it. So it's the one about how a assistant swaps bodies with like a master mangaka who pretty much is supposed be wink wink oda because i mean the writer of malcolm worked <laughs> on one piece and the art is absolutely fantastic so I, i've really been enjoying it i think it's one of the biggest turnarounds in quality i'm sure people think we'll say my hero academia but my hero academia i always thought was kind of mid so it's like never blew me away based on what we saw for ozu and barrage I honestly think the biggest difference in quality is, you know, the guy who did Soul Eater, the difference between Soul Eater and Beechi. Oh, that's a really good big one. Or also, yeah. <laughs> what about Cool Shock BT or Bao versus JoJo? I mean, I don't I don't think those series are that bad is the thing. Like, I, I enjoy Cool Shock BT. I enjoy Bao. Beechi was fucking unreadably bad. Oh, wait. Also, shit. What's that series about the, the sniper? Tista. Oh, and Tista versus yeah. Spy Family. That's a really big gap in quality, too. Or Instant Bullet and, oh, and Love is War. Yeah, I just love how three <laughs> chapters of Instant Bullet are a prototype of Love is War, and he had probably one of the smartest editors of all time say make a series about good part of that series. Yeah, correct. <laughs> This is a fun one. I definitely love if people in the audience drop a comment or post in the Discord if you have other opinions where you think that there was a huge gap between the series we covered of a failed author. Black Clover stands. I'm sure we're going to talk about how much better it is than Hungry Joker, but alas, I haven't read Black Clover, so I really don't know. It's so funny the amount of times that we shit on Black Clover and neither of us know anything about it. Right? We're going entirely off of hearsay. Yeah, but I'm also here to say, Jordan, thank you so much for being a wonderful co-host and all of your hard work on the show. Oh, thank you so much, David. I love you, all the work that you do on the show. Oh, props to Shannon for the awesome cover art. Find her online at Illuminati. Thanks to Dylan for assistance with editing. Find his podcast, Anime Context, at AnimeContext.com. Thanks to Tucker and Max B for assistance with pronunciation, translation, other miscellaneous research. Find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, ShonenFlop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you got our podcast. And Jordan is still killing it on Tumblr. You can find it at Shonen-Flop. And come join the Shonen Flop Discord as we talk about open to everyone, patron or not. Come hang out with us, talk about anime games, or whatever else is on your mind. We also have a monthly movie night. Find a link to it in the show notes or on our site. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us 
keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. Wouldn't be able to keep the show running without their support. Get a ton of awesome perks. Jordan, what are we dropping this month for our wonderful patrons? We are covering the second half of The Right Way to Make Jump, featuring Eisner-nominated, a returning guest from our Hardboiled Cobb and Dolphin episode, Joey Weiser. Uh, yeah, you could even be listening to his recordings live or listen to our warm-up audio. Find it at patreon.com slash flop. And finally, I'm going to read off our wonderful patrons. First, I want to give a big thank you to our Dolphin Dad patrons. If ass was not meant to be eaten, then why is it between two buns? And if your lover won't stab you in the middle of lovemaking, do they really love you? I guess not. Moving on down to the ravioli tier, where you get weekly photos of my little goblin dog. You've got Chris, Eva, Josh Robinson, Karate Chopsticks, Rachel, my wonderful fiance. She knew I was sad I hadn't had cake in a while, so she bought me some cake, and it was delicious. And Trevor Schechner. Moving on down to the king of the forest, we have 090Z Bandit Stoof. My girlfriend! Hi, Steph, I love you. Chad Mason, Shella Florine, Jacob Andrew Galloway, Kirby Mont, Marty, Max Baker, Not Jeff, T, T Wolfwood, and we are stealing, no, I'm Jory's name. And moving on down to Galactic Ball Federation Officer, we have Midsize Sedan, Andy's Islands, Blah Moo, Brian Sexton, David Ackerson, Dennis James Moan, Drago, Drill, Dylan Kreider, Nigel, Generic Man, Green, Hans, Heavy Mel Hermitcraft, Keanu, Kylie Dent, Lincoln Frey, Manly P. Hall, Marabara, Matt, Matt Solovich, Mike Carpenter, Ralph Scott, Risen Warhammer Nerd, Rosanna Mendoza, Ryan Chuzinski, Sarah Hyder, Scott, Silly Rookie, Simping for Simpy Ash, Staghorn, Taperclip, Tucker, right, and ZZ Digital. Thank you all so much, along with our Beast Children patrons. Yes, thank you very much. Jordan, anything you want to tad toss into the mix? Yeah. So a listener recently reached out to me by the name of a spooky skelly. They are currently sitting in a bomb shelter in Israel, and it sounds absolutely terrifying. I want to give them a shout out, and I hope that the violence ends soon. I hope that you stay safe. hope that everybody stays safe. It it's just sounds terrifying. Yeah, it's a really complicated time, so I hope that there comes an end and they, people can find a peaceful solution. Yeah, it's really crazy. They also wanted us to make some spooktober puns. I figured, David, you can make some good spooktober puns, right? I don't know. Shit. I wasn't expecting this. I mean, what do you Fuck. want me to say? I don't know. Sh- Shonen tricker treats dedicated to witches. Do you want Dylan to cut this bit? No, I don't know. Dylan, if it's funny, don't cut it. I don't know. We're going to be hollow weeping at how bad these jokes are. Uh-huh. Ho ho ho! Uh, really uh, spooking oh, you with some fuck. fucking material to die for. Oh, trans rights, trans rights, trans rights. All right, well, thank you so much for listening. Tune in next Monday for our full episode on Cyborg Grandpa G, featuring Maddie, aka Oh, that's Raspberry. This one, Jordan. This one, David. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. David, say it. Keep on flopping floppers. Sorry, keep on flopping spooky floppers. Ooh, bye. Bye. This is also making me realize that we literally had like three body horrors in a row and none of them we've put (laughs) in October. (laughs) Or on Halloween, literally the last three series all would have been fine. Like Fabricant 100 would have been a great (laughs) Halloween series to drop. Oh, God. (laughs) Whatever. Too late. All right. Bye. Too late. Bye.